to the Horror Unmasked podcast, where we unmask the monsters and explore explore the lore. lore. Today, we will be dissecting Smile. Let's start this therapy session. The film opens on a woman, clearly dead, laying on a bed with what appears to be vomit, and it pans to her night table only to reveal pill bottles and... As it continues to pan, there's a little girl standing in the doorway. It then jumps to a woman, waking from the dream she had as she is in her office. She's getting a call to go talk to one of her patients as she is revealed to be a therapist. She's trying to help him through one of his episodes. And then it shows a bird's eye view of an ambulance coming into the hospital with a woman who is clearly in distress, strapped to a gurney. It pans to a door as Rose, the therapist, enters. She talks with her boss and discusses a patient, and he advises her to go home, as she has been there since the late shift. As she goes to leave her office for the day, the phone rings, and she immediately comes rushing back into her room to answer the phone. She is then informed of a patient she is going to see named Laura. As she goes in the room to speak with Laura, she is in the corner and clearly in a state of distress. Laura tells her of something she is seeing, something that no one else can see, and that it can look like other people or those who are close to her who have died. Rose asks what happens when she sees it, and Laura tells her that it smiles at her, and that it's not the friendly kind of smile, and that it is affecting her life and mind. Rose asks if there's any mental illness in her family, and Laura gets upset as she says it tells her things, and that today she was going to die. Obviously, Rose doesn't believe her, and she tries to explain it away, but Laura looks away and breaks down, believing she's going to die, and no one is going to believe her. When Rose tells Laura to look at her, Laura screams and freaks out in a panic. Rose is shocked and attempts to look around, but she goes to her emergency phone and calls for help. But when she turns around, Laura's not on the floor where she left her. The flower pot that was on the table is destroyed, and Laura is standing behind Rose with the shard of the pot in her hand. As Laura smiles at her, she cuts a gash all the way across her neck. Rose slumps to the floor in shock. The scene changes, and Rose is in a room talking to detectives asking what happened in the room, and all she says is she was smiling before she killed herself. It then cuts to a body covered with a sheet and a large bloody mark in the shape of a smile. Rose then arrives at her home to de-stress and relax as she cleans up and goes down to get a glass of wine. As she does, she gets an uneasy feeling and the camera pans through the dark kitchen to reveal the unsettling, smiling face of Laura in Rose's kitchen. Suddenly, her name is called and she drops her glass as her fiancé, Trevor, turns the light on. He comforts her and then they go to dinner with Rose's sister and husband. Emotions are high and things do not end well. The next day, Rose is in for work and Joel, her old boyfriend and detective on the case, comes to see her. She goes back to her office to look at the report from a witness statement Laura had done about a man who bludgeoned himself to death in front of her. In it, it states he was also smiling at her, 
and this is when her troubles begin, as she walks past several of her patients' doors, the one she was working with, Carl, in the beginning, is sitting on the edge of his bed, smiling. When she goes to check on him, he begins to repeat, she's going to die, and it frightens Rose, and she calls for help only to see him as he's being restrained and confused about why he's being sent away. Rose's boss has a talk with her and says she's going to be taking a paid week off so she can rest and refocus. Rose attempts to relax, and as she goes shopping for her nephew's birthday, she gets him a train as a gift. Later, while she's at home, she is wrapping said gift. She goes to refill her wine glass, only for her house alarm to go off. She grabs a pair of scissors and goes through her house to see what could have set it off. As she goes to the living room, she sees that the back door is open, and before she can check it, the house phone rings. It is the security company she uses, but the call turns sinister, as the woman on the phone asks her if she is sure she's alone. Rose is shocked as the phone rings and it is no longer in her hand, and this time it is the real security company calling. The police are called, and the incident is reported, and as Rose is getting ready for the night, she sets out her cat's food. But the cat does not show up. She believes it may have escaped outside when that door was open. It again shows the scene from the beginning of the woman lying dead in the bed. And Rose wakes up from her dream and goes downstairs to listen to the recording from Laura's session when she killed herself. And she hears something in the recording. And as she turns the sound up, only to hear her own name screamed in her ear by a figure next to her. It then cuts to Rose speaking with her therapist about what has been going on and the events which may have caused these possible hallucinations. Rose is then shown getting ready for her nephew's party. And as it gets to the present time, he begins opening the gift from Rose only to reveal the dead body of her cat instead of the train she bought for him. She then sees Laura in a chair at the party smiling at her, and Rose moves back only to fall into a glass table. She is then in the hospital being treated for her wounds as her boss shows up, hearing she was brought in as a patient. She sees her fiancé and sister talking, and Rose clearly feels upset. Rose is then driven home from the hospital by Trevor, and before they get out of the car... She tries to explain to him what is happening to her, and he clearly is not understanding, and believes this is a mental illness, connected and inherited, possibly, from her parent. Rose then begins researching about incidents having to do with the person who killed himself in front of Laura, and so she goes to the man's house to talk with his wife. She pretends to be a reporter to gain entry. The wife then shows her a room filled with drawings and paintings, all depicting different creatures and some smiling imagery, only for the wife to show her an image of what the husband said he saw, and it is smiles. And she learns that when he went to a conference, a woman had killed herself in front of him. But when the wife finds out that she is not actually a reporter... She kicks her out. Rose then goes to see Joel in search of help to figure out what is happening, how far this goes. She asks if he could look things up for her in the police database. He finds the report he filed about the woman who killed herself in front of him, and then Rose says to do the same search, but this time on the woman. It comes up with eerily similar events 
and the man who killed himself in front of her was also smiling in the camera footage. She asked Stroll if he has a printer. Unnecessary object. No, his skills stop at police database search. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, not a printer. (laughs) When Rose gets home, she finds Trevor has invited her therapist to their home in an attempt to fix what is going on. Rose is not having it and leaves in anger and goes to her sister's house. As she tries to tell her what is going on, she says she is cursed. And then Rose tries to show Holly, her sister, the reports she had Joel print out, but Holly is disgusted by it and sends her away. As Rose sits in her car, Holly comes out to the car, but when she knocks and Rose looks, a horrifying visage of Holly's head comes swinging down with a smile on her face. Disgusting. Terrifying. Actually terrifying. Worst part of the movie. (laughs) Rose is then in a diner parking lot gobbling up a burger. Hell yeah. When she gets a call from Joel about the case they are building on, and all of them are connected, except there are 20 cases and only 19 suicides. When Rose asks, Joel tells her one of the people killed a random woman, and that when he was on trial, the key witness killed themselves, and the pattern was then resumed. Joel then takes Rose to see the surviving person. While talking to him, She asks how he survived, and he tells her there have been other chains of this, and that a man in Brazil killed his neighbor and passed it on to the neighbor's wife to escape it, and that killing someone in front of someone else is the only way to escape it, as the creature needs trauma. But Rose, in a state of panic, reveals that she is the one who has it as he's described it, and she says she can't kill anyone. When he realizes it, he begins to freak out and wants her to leave. When she is home, Rose is looking over the files she has collected and sees a text from Trevor wanting to talk. She then accidentally hurts her hand, and as she cleans it in the sink, she thinks about taking a knife, but her therapist shows up at her door wanting to talk about what is going on. When the house phone rings, She takes it only to hear her therapist's voice on the other side and realizes the person in front of her is the thing as it begins to smile. That would be the worst thing possible. I I feel so bad for her. Like, oh my god. Shocker. Also, they have a fucking house phone. Like, this was a 2022 film. (laughs) What you doing with a house phone? Anyway. (laughs) Get a cellular device like the rest of us. Anyway. The scene jumps to her in the car with a knife, and she goes into the hospital where she works and goes to the patient, Carl. And just before she attacks him, her boss walks in. She begins to stab Carl repeatedly. And as she stabs him, Carl almost seems to mock her cries. And as her boss screams, he suddenly begins to rip his own face off, and she startles awake, still in her car outside the hospital. Her boss sees her car, and he comes to talk to her, and he's worried about her. And then she realizes, to stop this, she needs to be alone. She decides to go to the old abandoned house her, her sister, and mother used to live in, to face the monster there. She instantly begins to relive the trauma of finding her mother dead. But it is revealed that her mother was not already dead, 
and instead was still alive, asking Rose for help, while Rose looked on until her mother died. She goes into the garage to find an oil lamp and a can of gas. As she watches the room around her, she begins to hear crying coming from down the hall, and as she goes, it is coming from her mother's room. When she opens the door, her mother is sitting there, and she begins to apologize about being a bad mom, but also shames her for not saving her. Then, the figure begins to change and grow into a tall and lanky creature. As it chases her down the hall, she is thrown by the creature, and it begins to choke her. She reaches out and grabs the burning lamp and throws it at the being, setting it on fire. Along with the house, she escapes it, and as the sun rises, she goes to Joel's house, where Rose apologizes for bringing him into the trouble, and she is sorry for pushing him away, and asks to stay and sleep, and for him to stay with her. When suddenly it becomes darker in the room, as Joel says, he will stay with her forever, as he smiles, and she now knows she has not escaped the house, nor the creature. Spoiler warning, skip ahead. Rose runs out the door and sees she is still at her old abandoned home. She goes back inside when she sees that Joel has arrived, which is the exact opposite of what she wanted. The creature then comes to her and rips its face off, revealing multiple rows of jagged teeth and fleshy grossness. As Rose falls to her knees, the creature grabs her face and stretches her jaw unnaturally wide as it forces itself into her. When Joel finally kicks in the door, he finds Rose standing in the room. As she has covered herself in gasoline, Joel calls out to her, and as she turns, she is smiling at him, holding a matchbox. She strikes a match and lights herself on fire, thus continuing the cycle. The end. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this movie was released September 30th, 2022. Not long after, or before. Yeah, not long before Grim Cutty. Grim Cutty. Which is interesting. Hey, but at least this time we actually have budget and box office. Yes, yes we do. <laughs> we do. It had a budget of $17 million. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was directed by Parker Finn. Mm-hmm. He made bank. He made bank. He made the bank. The box office is insane. Over $217 million. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. So, not bad. Yeah. 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. 1% better than Dracula. Honestly, you know. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> we have some of our main actors. Uh, we have, obviously, the main character, Sosie Bacon. As Rose Cotter. Mm -hmm. We have Kyle Gallner. As Joel. 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 You know. Joel. <laughs> Caitlin Stacy, who played uh, Laura Weaver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse T. Usher as Trevor. Mm-hmm. We have Jillian Zinser as Holly. Mm-hmm. Robin Wager. As Dr. Madeline Northcott. Yep. All very good. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, this um, film. Parker Finn, you're one creepy dude. Yes. Honestly, doing the research, man, did this man really 
strive for unsettling. Very much. And the fact that, like, there isn't really a lore on this, like... Monster. Monster, because he's the one that created it, and he's... Like, there's nothing in the background for it. And everything I searched up, there wasn't a single time he answered the question of where he got his inspiration. Like, it always circles back to his short film. There's no inspiration. Honestly, that's the inspiration. That's the inspiration. There's no inspiration but his own creation. Yeah, I was like, "Uh, bro. Like. He's tooting his own horn a little bit I mean, it's also one of those situations, then. It means that he's. That means he created a new creature type yes essentially but there's not really any lore on it there's yeah. not any like there's no like reference from like how in grim cuddy had a japanese monster correct it's not like, like that. something from the past it's literally this man had this thing sitting in his head yeah basically. that he then decided the world needed to see it yeah so um this what this is based off of is a short film Laura hasn't slept, which if you haven't seen it, you it's can, actually pretty good. It's, it's only eleven minutes, right? Yeah, about ten or eleven minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars the same girl at the beginning of Smile who kills herself in front of Rose. Yes, who like gave her the curse, Laura. Yeah, Laura. Um, so in the short film, Laura is talking to what she believes is her therapist. Yes. Like she wakes up and she's talking to her therapist. Like complaining. Like complaining about her nightmares. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden her therapist turns out to be the demon who was haunting her nightmares. Yep. Very creepy. Yep. Yeah. Although the little jump scare at the end was kind of funny. I think um, (laughs) the creature was, was a little comical. Yeah. It's definitely the, yeah, it's the spiritual successor. Because it's, he made that in 2022 and he said, one of the big things that he said, this was a, a quote from him, it's, I made the short to exist in its own right. I think that's how all good shorts should exist instead of being a commercial for something bigger. Mm-hmm. While I was in post, something about the idea kept nagging at me and this larger story started, to f- started forming in my head with a different character at its center. So I look at them more as spiritual siblings rather than a direct adaptation. I wanted to take some of the DNA from the short and thread it into the feature and then add little Easter eggs. So I'm assuming like a big Easter egg obviously is having the original character from it coming in and talking like especially the line of it's not a friendly smile. Yeah. Is definitely like a that's a direct tie in. Absolutely. Um. Props to Caitlin, Caitlin Stacy. Yes, mm-hmm. she killed it. She really, did, literally. I felt literally. so bad for that. Oop. Whoop. <laughs> I felt so bad for her character, like, because if you do want to connect these two, she does not get a break. Not at all. Not even in the slightest. In her head, that was scary. Like he's actually there. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Dude. Oh, and I guess kind of um, through this research, usually it always ends up being kind of like we watch the films and then we kind of get like a pseudo second watch as we're writing our initial stuff. So we kind of get like a second look at some of the things. It's kind of fascinating because if you think about the way in which, not too big of spoilers, 
not going to give too much away, how the ending had that part between her, her and the monster. Mm-hmm. And when we're looking at Laura, Laura at the beginning, when she's when she's on the ground, yeah. like in the ga- like, like gagging. No, but when she's gagging at the very beginning, oh. you have to think because she's on the floor and she starts gagging and choking. That's the monster crawling its way into her. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 the fact that by the end of the film, we're getting to actually see what that looks like. Right. Yep. Like, you get to see what she saw in that room. Exactly. What she was going through. Exactly. And that's crazy. Like, uh, yo, look, the VFX in this film are absolutely beautiful. There is so much revolving around the VFX. That was such a massive part for this film, I honestly. I hear more, hear more. Like, seriously. So, there are so many notes. So... They had to go shot by shot to determine where they wanted to merge the the SFX with the VFX. So SFX is special effects, basically like handcrafted things, whereas VFX, it's more visual stuff. It's the two kind of back and forths. Um, while staying, you know, firm with the shooting, they actually became real close with the production team throughout this whole thing. They were working with the art department to determine parts where the cgi would be they had like building facades where they would actually have to go in and like even cgi extend like they would do all that kind of stuff like um when the monster is going down the long corridor in like the the abandoned house Mm -hmm. the art department actually made the corridor smaller so that when the actor was running when that actor was crawling through it it would actually seem and appear that the monster was larger really but big. in reality it's just a small corridor that they're coming through i'm not gonna lie to you the first time i watched this movie i watched that whole part through my hand <laughs> the whole thing it's creepy it's mm. honestly it's a lot it's a lot god damn did parker look he did real good with figuring out these scares when i say he's a messed up dude he's a messed up dude but he's brilliant he's a brilliant messed up dude he's a brilliant messed up dude yeah, because, like, even, um, and honestly, because of them, they were brought in, a lot of the visual artists were brought in pretty early into mm-hmm. the design. So, they did a lot of pre-visualizations using, like, drone shots and things like that, like, when they were doing over the hospital. Uh, I loved a lot of their, their shots oh, in yeah. this movie. Especially the one where it's, like, she's, like, driving to yes the abandoned house and i mean like, and even in that regards so when the when the fire scenes it had a lot to do with the fact that the the reality in the fire scenes were crucial because they were using real fire they were actually setting something on fire mm-hmm. so they had to have it perfect, perfect and 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 have a good the meaning and everything be in there because they had to get the fire shots in one take. Yeah. Because if they burn that thing down, burning buildings. No, that's, you can't. Not... You can't be having to build stuff that just increases your costs. Yep. Um, building and, and burning and exactly. Yeah, what a waste. And it's actually the artery is the production company, um, and they did a lot of like R and D uh, research and development for the fire shots. And here's what's even crazier. They were they they did so much R and D for the shooting. Of the real fire, and then when they started to add CG fire into it, there was CG fire. There was CG fire. 
There were CG arms. There were CG. There was so much CG that I'm shocked because there's no way in hell you could have told. No, I literally thought the only like CGI in this film was like like a lot of the monster. The monster. Nope. There's so much. So like he focused on practicality. Yeah. Everything needed to feel as if it was captured in camera, which which is they did pretty good on that. Um, but mm-hmm. they were working very closely with the SFX team about how to mix it. And they basically made it so that much of the VFX was invisible and and very difficult to see. Um, whether it was uh, the scene of the camera diving into an actor's eye that required stitching multiple takes, a CGI scanning like Sosie's face... Um, a drone shot that had to be fully rendered into CG. They spent weeks. Um, I mean, even the monster on fire, it was a CGI character, but it was a stunt performer who was on, on fire, fire. Oh my gosh. Was used as a reference so that they could then add CG onto it. Oh, so they went crazy. They oh, said, yeah. Oh, we have a. We have a budget of of um of seventeen million dollars. We're gonna use it. I mean, yeah, it's literally like the most difficult and clearly the most difficult part that they said was the climax. Yeah, the, when the monster of Rose's mom catches on fire. Yeah, I did. They did shoot references of stunt doubles doing the same movements. Um, res- it the amount of editing that these people had to do was intense because they had to match the movements. And make sure that the monster moved correctly, the fa- the flames felt natural, but not only that, but they wanted to feel that the monster was burning so that the monster changed throughout the sequence. So slowly, the skin was burning away Ooh. in the in that too. Ooh. And then, um, oh my god, uh, in that scene, they had there was a lantern that was smashed on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Well, to make it happen. They because ha- Rose reaches for a practical lantern on set, right? And then they had to recreate Rose's hand and the lantern, including all the cracks that were already in the glass. What? And then simulate fire on top of that, that allowed them to have naturally react, natural have fire naturally reacting with Rose's hand and the lantern. Like I feel like there's a much easier dude, way to do that. That sounds is so complicated. So much technical cgi in here i don't think i would not have guessed i think there's so many films that use cgi but i feel like this film specifically use cgi to such an extent i mean they use cgi so much that they like you made things like photorealistic they literally went through they had they photograph the uh photogrammetry scannings of numerous props, uh, buildings, prosthetics, and several actors for CGI recreation, basically making the photorealistic. It's like you know how in video games that they've um have like the Unreal engines where they make stuff look so real. It's that stuff. Right. I'm like, this is intense shit. That's crazy. Like God, you know. Was it, all that really necessary? I mean, it looks And it's good. intense. And it's not obvious either. It's not That's what I'm saying. Like if it's not obvious CGI, couldn't you have just filmed it like regularly? I don't know, man, but whatever he did, he did pretty like good. Lot. I mean, yeah, I couldn't tell except for yeah. obviously the big monster at the end, but it's 
it's wild how much work went in and how much cgi i mean shit even um for i'm trying to think of one of the other movies that we've done that would have had a lot of cgi done in it but i feel like that would have been dracula oh yeah i don't Um, even think i would think megan maybe had more megan yeah herself but i'm like this has more grim cuddy no i'm just kidding than even megan had yeah like this is this is probably the most that this is like halfway to an animated film (laughs) with how much cgi they did like it's intense it's intense how much they did a lot of work on this, which is sh- shiggity shocking. And I actually got his influences for some of the film. Please. No, I looked at so many interviews and articles and I couldn't find Jack Diddley. So I, so. I found some. I found okay. some, some right. of his influences for the film. All right. He said that Rosemary, Rosemary's Baby was on his mind in a big way for this film. He said, um, I was thinking what's going on with Mia Farrow's character in that film, uh, in the way that she's being gaslit and is not being believed is palpable. But also, Todd Haynes' safe was on his brain constantly as well while making the movie. Um, It's one of his favorite films, I guess. And... It had a lot to do with the level of anxiety and the way it it placed you in that feeling of exa- uh, of the anxiety of uh, uh, Julianne Moore's character, and it just doesn't let go. That was something that he wanted to accomplish with his film. So he basically had inspirations from stuff of like people not believing you when you're telling people that s- stuff's going on, and then the anxiety of just the film in general. Yeah, I mean. I guess I'm not shocked by Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Because um, a lot of people were saying that this movie stole a lot from Hereditary. Oh. Like, plot-wise. Personally, I don't, I don't really see, see it. it. Yeah. Like, okay, what they said was um, trauma from m- your mom. Oh. Well, that's a lot and of And that's where the, the similarities end for me. Like, I don't really see how the rest and is- that's just a common trope other than payment you know breaking people down yeah 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 yeah, yeah. mentally yeah um but it was very different but it, it definitely i didn't make that comparison when watching this because there's yeah it's done in completely different ways that i didn't see these yes two. and i feel like in hereditary the whole haunting and everything felt much more subtle than this this was like in your face it's constantly happening yeah you don't you can't even trust your own eyes there's no break whereas in hereditary it was like every once in a while and like how we talked about in that one it definitely focused more on the family drama than the haunting part Mm -hmm. this one was all just haunt 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 your soul yeah um but if we want to talk more about this entity yeah within smile it's there's not really a whole lot to say it just collects souls you know and just constantly trying to get new ones it's trying yeah. to get one every single week yes like, uh, calm down dude it really is that that's a lot you're being a little selfish there and greedy hell yeah um but apparently i guess with each one he it gains strength mm, mm. because um i guess it told rose that it would stay she would stay with it forever. Yes, so yes. Every soul that it takes, it 
you know, gets stronger and it stays, mm-hmm. like, every soul stays with this demon type thing. You know, the other thing that I noticed in the film, which also maybe be a correlating connection. Yeah. So, Rose herself had her mother who passed. Yes. The man, uh, Laura, she had her grandfather. Uh-huh. The man who killed himself in front of Laura had her had his brother. Right. So and they're all like so far every one of them had like something traumatic something, or something close. To tr- them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's definitely that the creature used against them. I think that definitely determines its next victim. Cuz I'm sure Joel Oh, somebody God, yeah. Like, um... That motherfucker. Can we talk about that for an effing second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what you want to say, Joel? Joel's just going to be a running joke now. dumb bitch. So, the whole latter half of the film, once she realizes that the big thing is, is she has to be alone. That uh. if she's alone, she won't, it won't pass on to anybody else, regardless of whether it takes her life. I think the entity could have interfered a bit i feel like that was what it was doing at the end there yeah when it was like trying to make her feel like she was safe yeah that and also just like if it can warp reality yeah it can cause joel to come to the house and kick down the door exactly so and it's how just... much of that is really joel and how much of that is this creature but even even regardless of Joel being a dumb bitch and coming yeah. to the house anyway regardless and breaking the door down, even though he knows of the bullshit that he they've knows. looked up. He knows. He knows that when he walked in that effing door and he saw her turn around and smile and hold a fucking box of matches, he could have shut his mutta effing eyes. I feel. <laughs> Or turn to F but around. that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like at a certain point, the entity probably has a hold on you already. And, like, no matter what you want to look away, you can't. I don't know, man. Because Joel fucking knew. He well, because knew. also the other thing you have to think that the other guy made it out by killing someone. That's true. I think Joel's the type of guy to probably going to get out of it by killing someone. He he's works, a detective. He's a detective. So he can get away with shooting someone totally on accident. He can get away with some with killing someone. Like I shot him on accident. For real. He he's got he got out of it. He's he's definitely going to get out of it. Sequel cracked. Sequel cracked. <laughs> but Jesus Christ. I mean, see now, here's the thing. Here's Oh, and there is a sequel. Oh, there is? Yes. There's going to There's be? going to be a sequel. Oh. Or smile. Well. But here's the thing. I swear to God. <clears throat> Finn, listen to me. I don't You definitely are not listening to this podcast. But Finn, listen to me. Finn? Yeah. Parker Finn is the director's name. Right, right, right. Parker Finn. Sorry, I'm still thinking about Black Phone. Oh, you're still listening to Black Phone? Sorry. Yes. If that's not a hint of what our next film is. What? (laughs) Anyway. um, Listen, Parker. I need you to to come, come to Jesus moment. I need you to actually... Write out the effing lore for this monster. If you're going to make a second film, there needs to be like some weird ass grimoire that someone goes and find or some weird occult book that's like this creature. This is the name of it. And this is why it does these things. And this is where it's from. And if you don't decide that it's from something in the real world, make the lore. Because right now it's just a creature creature that smiles at you and feeds on trauma Mm -hmm. i want more 
if you want a little more, I can give you a little more. It's not on the creature itself. Yes. But it's a lot of things like the creature. Yes. Give me. Give me something to satiate. Um, first, there wasn't a lot. I God will damn say. It. Like, I looked up multiple things and there was only a little bit about each thing. Great. Great. Um, so we have three different, three different little, little guys. Uh, we have the first thing is a demonic vampire. Okay. Yeah. It's from Cambodia. Oh. It's called the Arak. Oh. Oh. The only thing that was said about it was that it takes possession of a person and causes them to kill themselves. And it can only be fixed by an exorcism. Oh. Very demon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very demon-like. Mm-hmm. But the thing about this entity is, like, it's really up to viewer interpretation. Gotcha. Like, I saw a bunch of people saying it could be an alien. Ah. Uh, it could be a ghost. Mm-hmm. A demon. It could be psycho. It could be all psychological if we want to go realistic with it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, just like all of these things. So, but that was one thing. Not super concrete. <laughs> Not super concrete at all. Great. But if if you want a little bit of, you know, things that are um, that are like this creature, yes. I have a couple more. Okay. But that's all that was said about the Iraq. Gotcha. That's it. That's all I could find. I feel like there should be more lore. There if it's should, a creature right. from camp, you'd think. That's what I'm thinking. I'm be like, more... why, why wasn't there more? I'm, yeah. Uh, There was another thing uh, called a soul eater mm-hmm. so i guess they exist outside of time and space gotcha so we're getting into more of that alien type. yes that sounds very alien it does sound very alien basically they move into a space and they nest and i guess it can take on the appearance of that home or space so because it can go between worlds it can snatch the souls of people Take them to their nest. Yeah. And then they feed until that soul, like, is gone. Gotcha. So, to keep their victims in a state of vulnerability, yeah, they'll mess with their heads. It's like that mental health thing again. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, like this creature in Smile. So, like, the... They'll mess with the reality yes, in their mind. it'll show them images of, you know like trauma they've been through um people they love like being hurt like yeah. just a bunch of stuff yeah um and soul eaters i guess soul eaters originate from africa oh nigeria i'm thinking about people the freaking anime soul eater yeah yeah that's what i'm thinking about when i did do research that anime did come up i was like that's eh, not right but very similar yeah and the idea of yeah, but I guess it's um these things are very connected to witchcraft, zombies, and gotcha, yeah, werewolf type stuff. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. I'm like, uh, eh. makes it, you know, less believable with the whole zombies, werewolf type. Yeah, there's that. Not a whole lot. Wow, that's shocking. Um, and then one last one. Yeah. Uh, we have thing something called a lorophage demon so um they feed on traumatic memories oh yeah okay that makes sense and like human emotions they wear human clothing they look like 
people to disguise themselves huh. or whatever. They don't actually look like people, but they wear clothes like people clothes. Yes. In order to, you know. Falsely blend in. Yes. But I can they're creepy looking. In the pictures, if you look it up, they're kind of cute. Because <laughs> it's all like cute little animated pictures. But gotcha. um, this description, not so much. It says they are completely hairless. They have gray skin. They have small openings so that they can hear on their head. Uh, large black eyes with red pupils and really long needle-like fingers ending in talons. And then here it says an insectoid proboscis. Proboscis. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of a nose and mouth. I'm like, that sounds both scary and real stupid. And very stupid at the same time. They got a proboscis. A proboscis. <laughs> um, it sounds, yeah, it sounds scary and it sounds stupid and then it looks cute. Uh-huh. I'm very confused by these things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, they use their long claws. Yeah. And they stick them in, that, in their victim's head and um, they use that to feed. And kill their victims. Um, basically, it makes their victim relive all of their trauma all at once. Oof. Uh, so they go mad. Like, they uh, go yeah. crazy before they die. Eat. Great. That yeah. sounds fun. Really fun. Fun stuff. I would say that would probably be the closest. That would be the closest. I think so, too. That's why I saved that for the end. I was yeah. like, hmm. I would definitely yes. say that's the closest one. But, like, all of these definitely have to do with... Um, Mental health, trauma, mm-hmm. suicide. Yes. And I was like, that. Yes. Apparently, there's no other demon or creature that has to do with um, causing someone to kill themselves mm-hmm. or things like that. Like, literally, all it was with, was the Iraq from Cambodia. I was like, yeah. How is there not more? There, about this? There, there's definitely more. They're just difficult to find, it I guess. probably is because, you know, it's pretty dark If stuff. you guys know any weird yeah, yeah, yeah. folklore from your homes that have similar monsters or creatures, would love to hear about them. If you got it from the dark web, though, no thank you. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's probably where all this information is at. Honestly, not shocked if that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This film definitely very much focuses on that. Yeah, and and trying to do research on, like, things that, you know, entities or monsters or mythological creatures that cause you to hurt yourself or, you know, kill yourself. Or make you relive trauma. It Bird box popped up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so if you see it, you kill yourself or, yeah. or you, you know... Try to get other people to look at it. Ah. And then they kill themselves. Because mm. now you're working for the thing. Gotcha. It's Have you ever seen Bird Box? No. I think it's really good. It's a really good movie. I got a good list of stuff I gotta watch. You have to watch it. Honestly, could probably count as a horror film. Huh. Could add that to the list, maybe. Yeah. I like it. We could always talk about it in one of our chit-chats. We yeah, could just talk I about... Think- if we did do that, it would have to be like a quiet place bird box because it has to do with the senses. Is bird box like, like a film or a show? Yeah, it's a film. Oh, it's a movie. shit. It's got Sandra Bullock in it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, it's not bad. 
well maybe we'll have to do like a uh one of them one or one month later on we'll have to do like a quiet place bird box bust yep. out because quiet place is a couple films so we could always do something with that one um yeah that as well also if i'm not mistaken i'm gonna search something up real quick um if i'm not wrong about this oh uh just kind of getting back into the the film sorry for the no, yeah, you're little good. bit of sad trackle mm-hmm. um but um one of the big reasons why they chose smiling as oh, like yeah. the thing yeah i do yeah yeah it's a lot to do with the idea of um so for one part of it it has more to do with like trauma yeah. associated with people often uh smile to mask or cover trauma mm-hmm. um as it re- represents how you know people even though they go through a bunch of terrible stuff they will smile to cover it um and another big thing is trauma is trauma and you know it has a lot to do with the the reason why the creature uses it it's because trauma is the one thing that we keep burned into our memories whether we want it or not true so all of these you know when this creature is coming at you and it's smiling it's mm-hmm. not it doesn't have good intentions yeah and it really shows how even when you're not going through mm-hmm. the best time and you're smiling through it that that exactly can be fake just like this monster yeah i mean fake. one of his uh one of the uh quote he kind of said was I think there's a real strength in the inherent contradiction. I mean, as you said, there's a symbol of they're a symbol of friendliness. They're also uh really primal and innate in us as human beings. I think we learn to smile as babies. And so if I could take that and sort of like you said, flip it on its head and allow the evil in the film to wear a smile as a mask and teach the audience that it's the promise of a threat and something very dangerous. I thought that might get under the audience's skin. No, it did. It definitely did. It's so unsettling. Especially the way that it starts to smile. Yeah. Because it's just like... When it's faking to be a person and then all of a sudden it's it just yeah grows the smile across its face. Not cool. No, thank you. Not cool. Don't yeah. want it. Mm-mm. Did you hear about the promotion? How they did their promotional stuff for this film? No, I would I didn't have watch a lot. You know me and my fucking hate. Stuff. No, 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 no. <sighs> Not in that way. Nothing you could watch. Oh, you'd have to have been there. Hello. Oh yeah. So apparently, in their marketing. Oh, I think I did see this. The actors would attend major league baseball games. Yep. And smile directly in the camera behind home plate. No. And the thing is, is, and no, and they wouldn't interact. They would just smile. And I guess um, they, it was really effective. Um, the, The inventive advertising plan proved to be effective as the film made more than its budget back at the box office. Oh, for sure. In just one week alone, in the opening week alone, they made more than they spent on the film. That's really And it's... Like, it unsettled so many people because of the smiling people. Right. Like, what? first... Terrifying. I, f- yes. 
how do you stick to that? I would have lost it. Like they you went to broke? real events. Yeah. And they, they went to real like shit. This, even through the people interacting with them. Mm-hmm. Second, why a baseball stadium? They were just deadpan smiling. It's because usually they're recorded, so they stayed behind where there would be common recording happening. I suppose. Like, but, but dude, there's so many different types of games they could have gone to. I don't know why it's Major League Baseball, but you know what? They chose Major League Baseball. Yeah. But it's like, just imagine you're just there with your family or whatever. You just look over and there's just this woman just smiling menacingly. I think I would Very shit deadpan smiling. I'm like, I, nope, we're gone. We're leaving. Yeah, I would shit myself and then I would tell my whole family, we're leaving right now. Right this second. Thank you. Oh, yeah. But yeah, this film is is definitely wild. It's It definitely mm-hmm. speaks to mental health and trauma and how getting help for these things is really important mm-hmm. and how you shouldn't be alone in these things, I think. Yes. I mean, it's weird because, like, it's obviously passed down from one person to the next. Mm-hmm. But I think if you don't deal with your trauma, yes. that's why this thing latched on to them. Yes. Like, it's because they refused to grow. Yeah, di- yeah. And they just latched on. Like, even um, Rose's sister was saying, like, yeah. you just can't let go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a big thing. Like, like she, obviously, she had a therapist, but. Exactly. I mean, she refused to, even in the. Well, you also have to think. Okay. So you also have to think. She's been lying this whole time. Yes. Yeah. She's been keeping a massive, massive secret. secret. Like that, which she... is why I think she felt the guilt to keep the home when yeah. her sister kept being like, "Just sell it. It's a piece of junk." And she she's like, "No." On to everything because she's been lying to everyone that her mom was already dead when, in fact, she was not. She was still alive and actually asked her daughter to help her and but to call the police. That's and instead she stood there and fucking let her mom die. But here's the thing. As a child, oh yeah, you shouldn't have to go through that. I agree. If your parent is willing to do something like that, mm-hmm. and you are a child, mm-hmm. you cannot beat yourself over. You cannot oh, yeah. beat yourself up over something like that because that is not your fault. Your parents should have been smart enough, smart enough not to put themselves in a situation like that, yeah, or at least coherent not enough, so selfish that they would put you in a situation like that exactly and i feel like the other thing is is even in the film even though it's the monster she's speaking to in that scene with the mom yeah it's i was 10 Mm -hmm. and you were a monster i was scared of you yeah that says a lot Mm -hmm. so i think even though she went to therapy and she became a therapist herself she never actually worked through Mm -hmm. those issues that she had because she didn't tell anybody yeah which is honestly why i think throughout the film especially the beginning when she's still at work it's the idea that she's staying too late she's staying working too long she's yeah she she literally is told go home and the phone rings in her office and she hears it and she fucking runs back to keep working she's made her whole life fixing others and 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 avoiding her own problems and in the end that was the worst mistake she could have ever made because it caused her all this trouble and ended up you know right so yeah the worst trauma of it all the cat oh my god fuck that i'm so mad about that no i was too i was like not mustache 
what is it with people and killing cats in horror movies? Like, well, killing animals in general in horror films. True. To like push a point, but I always feel like cats get the worst end of the stick. That's what I'm saying. Because like, that's not it fair. It was dead and in a box and gifted to her nephew. What? Yeah. No. At this point, I would have been fine if it just went missing. Yeah. Because then I can imagine that like some random family found it and took it in. Yep. I can just imagine that instead of it being in a fucking box. No. No, thank you. Oh, and to... Do you want to know something weird about the cat one? Hmm. So apparently, in the birthday scene, there was originally a practical effect cat dummy that was used in the scene, but he wasn't happy with it, so they ended up CGI-ing a cat in post. Yeah, that that one I could tell was CGI. (laughs) Theory. Yes. Do you think... Because obviously... That wasn't just traumatic for Rose. Mm -hmm. That was traumatic for the little boy and everybody in that room. Yes. So do you think this entity entity also feeds on that? I I feel like. like, I think that's why. Because she doesn't remember doing it. I don't know if she did it. I think she did. Because this entity can disguise itself as multiple people. It can warp reality. It can be anywhere, anytime. I mean, but also you have to remember, she was asleep. And she found herself, she was asleep in her car, but she had a whole, we had a whole scene of her going into the hospital, killing the dude in front of her boss, only to wake up in her car. Which is true. I think I just don't want to believe it because that would be so sad. And I, if I, if I were going through that, no. If you were being attacked by some weird demon creature that was smiling at you. If it made me kill my cat. Oh, yeah. That's it. I'm done. I'd be over. Done. I'd be out. Mm-hmm. I would have murdered someone else already at this point. That's my sweet baby Schnookums, and I love her. Ain't nobody going to make me kill her. Okay, okay. This is real dark and real weird, so I'm going to get into it with you about oh, it. Okay. Okay. So the whole thing is the only way to escape is if you kill someone else in front of someone else. Right. Do they have to know it's you? Like, do they have to physically know that it's you? Because in Oh, you could, like, wear a mask. Exactly. So it's one of those things where, like, if it was really... If Rose was really having that difficult moment of trying to find out whether or not she wanted to kill somebody, instead of picking one of her fucking patients, like a psycho... Right. She could have just been on the street and just picked some homeless dude and been like, you're it today. Because, like... And just yankety-ganked him in front of some (laughs) random person on the street wearing a mask and fucking dipped. Right. Who do... She could have worn gloves. She could have had the whole procedure. She could have serial killed it up and she didn't. I guess it's just if you're going through that traumatic experience and you're not thinking straight Mm -hmm. and obviously your reality is being controlled and fucked with by this creature, I don't think you're thinking about it that hard. I think you're thinking about... Like the fastest solution. The fastest escape route. Yeah. Yeah, the fastest escape route. And so, you know, maybe a professional killer... Could yeah. have thought about that, but I'm trying to think back to the conversation that <laughs> I'm a professional killer, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also, that, put that on. the fuck with Carl. Like he ain't do nothing to you. Why are you picking Carl? Right. He just. Well, okay. Here's <laughs> He's the thing. just struggling because at the beginning he was all, "I'm gonna die." True. She's gonna die. We're all gonna die. Yes. So obviously she was like, "Well, he thinks he's he gonna, thinks die, gonna anyway, die." So I'm gonna just so fast gonna track that shit. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm gonna go fuck my boss over in the process so he can watch he this can die. Also, you know, yeah, the curse can go to him. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think back to the conversation that um, Rose had with the one guy. 
in jail yes who yes got yes out of the curse did he say that the person had to see your face or not i'm pretty no sure just he they didn't had to see you just had to kill someone else in front of someone brutally yeah and you had to mean to kill them yeah. you had to be you had to make it meaningful yeah you had to be with intent to Which, kill i unless it were a really bad person that I was doing both of these things to, mm-hmm. like killing this person and then putting this curse onto someone mm-hmm. else, I don't think I'd be able to do that. Do you think you'd be just like, you'd find, you'd go onto some website yep, and like catfish two people and yep. say, meet me here yep, and just be like, ha ha, motherfucker, yank, 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 ha ha, yeah. both of you are fucked. Yep, I would like go on there and I would do like one of those, you know how people go on the internet like omegle or whatever or like yes. these weird apps and they yes. try to like catch the creepy predators yes i do that i would do make that. a facebook that's like i'm a 12 year old girl and then like just just invite them to go somewhere and then just yep. like fuck them over yep because honestly pedophiles don't deserve to live Ooh. hot take <laughs> not that hot honestly not really <laughs> you know bad people do bad shit very true any other notes just general statement mm-hmm. to the vague universe if anybody is actually dealing with any serious things and they're thinking of doing things there are hotlines websites if you're having difficulty with people not listening reach out to someone there is always someone that will help you yeah i <laughs> like, feel like a lot of people think that hotlines are fake fake or the, not just fake they don't just, really help they yeah. wouldn't help it seems like how is a stranger gonna be able to listen yeah. to your problems like that yeah like i feel like people are always like go to this hotline without really yeah i mean I, a lot of the times even your doctors that will... wouldn't really sometimes that deters me i'm like I, mm. yeah the way you just said that i don't think a lot of people are going to your hotline but you know like reach you, out yeah just reach out reach like, out to someone someone anyone even if it's not a hotline yeah reach up to like talk to someone if you don't feel comfortable talking to your family try to find a friend if you don't feel comfortable talking to a friend find someone professional or not like if you're in school talk to a counselor talk to a teacher you trust even though i know talking to them it's a little weird because you know teachers can, are forced to report things. But like honestly, that. if you're in a state where you're like, I'm telling you these things, yeah, please, can you do it for me? Because I don't have the strength to do it. Usually, that's a good out for a lot of kids. Yeah, and things like that. Like if you aren't, if you that's don't true. have the mental fortitude to do it yourself to call for help, they can get the help for you. In that state, you don't care. Yeah, you don't care. You don't care. If you, but get, if you care enough, yeah. That, yeah. That's all that matters. Just all it takes is a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. It needs it just if you know there's someone in your life who supports and takes care of you and loves you for who you are and all that kind of stuff, regardless of how you identify or whatever it is that's mm-hmm. going on with your life, yep. seek them out and talk to them. Never resort to anything no. that because I promise would not help you. Whatever you're going through right now everything comes to an end Mm -hmm. things 
life is full of peaks and valleys. Yep, yep. Not everything is going to be a peak, but you have those peaks because you have those lows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and sometimes it just takes a little, a little bit more climbing to get out of that trend. Exactly. Sometimes it's a short little jaunt, but sometimes it's a climb. Yeah. You know, rest, relax, but don't isolate. No. Even though that's definitely the exact opposite of this film. Uh, yeah. But, you but know. That's because she didn't deal with her stuff. Exactly. Yeah. If she had reached out and seeked help yeah. in an honest manner, then she wouldn't have been in that whole mess. Exactly. Because we love you guys and we want you to be safe. Always. And the careful. Yes. Alrighty. So. Ooh. What? To end out. Oh, yeah. You have something? Um, It's not. Obviously, going to change up the mood a little bit. Yeah, change up the serious. mood a little bit. We got a little, yeah, we we got got a little, little intense. And a little serious. Um, but I thought because of my last, <clears throat> in the last episode. Oh, shit. Do you have reviews? I have reviews. Oh, okay. Go for it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think this is going to be This is going to be a new now. little se- a segment uh, of yeah. our stuff. One star ratings. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, we're doing one star specifically. One star specifically because gotcha. I think that they are funny. Gotcha. Go for it. Because this is a good, I think it's a good movie. I think it's a good film. Honestly, I'm, I wouldn't say it's five star. No, 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 no. Like 3.5 Yeah. is like a good, yeah. good range. But I always think when people rate something one that is good, it is. <laughs> okay. Oh, yo, I'm going to be shocked about our next film. Yeah. Because no that... lie, our next film is fucking Very good. good. Very good. It's a good-ass film. I would rate that that as a five-star. Yes. 100%. Yeah, I think so. It's I mean, it's good. very dark and it's very morbid and but definitely it's powerful. trigger warning type. Yeah, but it's a situation. powerful It's a powerful film. It's very powerful. Shockingly powerful. But on to the reviews. For Smile, our one-star ratings. It's just a few. First one. Just another generic, predictable waste of time churned out as entertainment for the average uncouth masses. Oof. That is... You can, like, smell the pretentious. That's what I'm saying. I'm like... Motherfucker's so pretentious as shit. That's what I'm saying. The uncouth uncouth masses. Waste of time churned out as... Yeah, like, the way you're trying to sound like you're... Full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm sorry if you wrote these. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) But, like... You cared mm, too much. Too much. Um, next. Reading through the glowing reviews of this movie, I feel like I'm being pranked. What in the <laughs> actual shit? <laughs> uh, pr- pranked? Gotcha. Like, what? We are watching two different movies, clearly. Clearly, clearly. Very, very clearly. Um, this next one? Hilarious. Because I can tell it was written by a woman. Ooh religious woman oh shit okay (laughs) let's go it goes i watched it and let me tell you it's demonic gotcha all caps satan tunes this new stuff coming out like what was that last part satan tons i don't know what that last part was satan turns this new stuff coming out satan tunes. do you like have a copy of the thing i do not right there that's wild. But that's some she wild was just stuff. saying it's demonic and Satan was involved and that, you know, God would, you know, hate this. Like, that was, it was a very long review. I oh, guess. it was long? All of these were long. I picked out the gold You just parts. cut the cut the gold parts out. Oh, oh yeah, God. For sure. This last one, though? Yeah. Hilarious. It's a little longer. Gotcha. She goes, I am gobsmacked. <laughs> gobsmacked. <laughs> With how horrible the plot is and ending is. All caps. If I could give this zero stars, I would. 
I would rather watch Gymnastics Academy with my three and quarter month old daughter. Three and quarter month. <laughs> quarter month. Are you stupid? <laughs> the fuck you saying three, three and, and quarter? quarter I'm more hooked on the fucking three and quarter than the fucking gymnastics or whatever That's the what fuck I'm she saying. said. Like every part of this. Do you want to know how? Worse. Hey, hey, bad reviewers. If you don't like a film and you're like, I want to give this zero stars. But you give a review and give it a one star. That means you're giving you're it giving it a, a fucking star. star. Just don't review it, and then guess what? You gave it a zero. If you don't write it, it's a zero. Yep, I love the use of gobsmacked. Gobsmacked. <laughs> I am gobsmacked. I feel like I haven't heard that one in a long time. No, saying that's why I was I was taken aback. Gobsmacked. <laughs> I, like, I read gobsmacked, and I was like, oh, it's going in. Mm, mm, it's going mm, in. Mm. Um. So yeah. The three and quarter month old is crazy. Three and quarter month old. Three and quarter month. So is that She's just a months? fucking three-year-old. Stop. Or is she she's three months? Three. No, three. And quarter month. I think she's three and one quarter month. Torch. I don't like, fucking what? know. What does that even mean? Just call her a three-year-old if she's also, a fucking three-year-old. I'm pretty sure Gymnastics Academy. And usually, is like... when they it, usually when parents refer to their child as months, it's just they're three months, six months, twelve months, eighteen months, twenty-four months. But once you get to like three-year-old, bitch, it's three-year-old or three and a half. Don't get all twisted in your knickers. No, that's true. After like you know. Don't get your panties in a bunch. After like a year and a half, you can stop saying it in months. Exactly. Once you reach 18 months, that's it. It's because they make clothing all the way up to 24 months. Yeah, which, fine. And that's why they refer to their kids. Three years old? You just say they're three. Like, why would you say that they're like 30 months old? They're 30 months old. (laughs) Just say... That they're three, and then when it's halfway through till their birthday, you just say three and a half. Yep. If you really, if you really want to get that 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 fraction in there, because people fucking love fractions for some goddamn reason when it comes know. to birthdays. I don't know. I mean, I like my half birthday, but that's also because it's on St. Patty's Day every year. <laughs> so it's on the alcohol day of the year. Yup. Let's get crunk. Girl, you're Kiss only going to be able to get Irish. crunk now. Um, Not yet, but, you know, for my next half birthday. Yeah, your next half birthday, half. you'll actually be able to get crunk. Yes. <laughs> Legally. Legally. What? <laughs> I didn't just out myself. <laughs> well, we went on a little tangent there. We'll have to, at some point, add, like, one five star just to see what it was like yes of course yeah but they're not as funny no they're not no they're not like we can start it with one five star and then just like list off all the one stars yeah yeah i think that'd be a good one but that's a lot of fun mm-hmm. God, I, I like it I think one stars cute. here are our list of one star reviews that's yes. so good yeah like but like eventually i would like to make it so that they are like really effing funny oh yes like, i want to go into the one star ratings because Usually, there's a lot. Yeah. Because people just love to hate. Oh, yeah. People love to hate. People love to hate. Yes. That's not our problem. We get content out of it. It's funny as shit. So. Because some of y'all are pretentious AF. You uncouth masses. (laughs) You uncouth masses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know. God. If you just stop being generic and predictable. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and keep that demonic shit out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Satan. 
Satan. Satan. Satan. <laughs> anyway. So just letting you guys know, obviously it's kind of been hinted a couple times during this film. Uh, our next movie we will be watching is The Black Phone. Woo! Look forward to it because yes. it's going to be good. It yes. really will be. It's going to be very good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that movie immensely. A, a lot. A lot. Like, obviously, like I said, sad morbid. But, but powerful. Yeah. And I'm sad that I didn't watch it sort of before we went to the house. I know. So um, in there, the 30, it was the 31st. 31st. So it was last year. Yeah. Last year, they had a house that was, um, that was Blum House and it had two different um, themes to it. It had from the movie Freaky and then it had the black phone. And I wish, I wish that, yeah, I wish we had watched it so that we could better yeah. understand the house because mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been really Because I feel something. like I remember hearing the kids' voices playing yes. through the house. And I feel like, man, that would have been so good if we had seen it. Yeah. That's why I want to make sure that for the most part, when we do HHN this year, I would like to tr- attempt to see most of the films if there are when they're when they're related right i know that the one film exorcist believer Uh, is going to be a bit more difficult to probably see close enough in time for it so but i'm not too worried about getting that one i watched the trailer for it so i feel like that's fairly okay yeah um but yeah so anyway, uh, follow us, obviously, on Instagram and Twitter at Horror Unmasked. Listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, at Horror Unmasked Podcast, and follow our YouTube channel at Horror Unmasked Podcast. And with that... Only one thing left to ask. Will you fear? Or will you fear not? Fear not.